podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Rashford, he's in here. He scores! Marcus Rashford takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scores. Only chance in my team like Man U. Yeah, like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only champs in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Yes, yes, welcome to another episode of Mugga, making United great again. We're still here, man, we're still here. Another another roller coaster ride of a week, but Man United fans, we're still here, we're still strong, we're still representing. So I'm your host this week, Michael Akadiri, and I'm flanked by a regular now, a real regular of ours, Akka. What's going on, my guy? I'm good, man, I'm good. Good to be back on. Good to be back. It's good to have you. Thank you for taking the yeah. time out. And we've got a special guest this week. Uh, some of you may know him from 6-7, but he's here with us this evening. He goes by the name of LD. What's going on, my brother? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. All the way from Calms Hill. We respect it. Thank you so much for your time, man. We respect it taking time out of his career. So before we get into it, uh, I'm going to promote the Discord. You guys have heard us bang on about the Discord enough. What you'll find out about the Discord is live. Everyone gets involved. It's a nice way to sort of watch the game with someone, even if you're not watching it physically with someone there with you. And you can listen back on the YouTube. So don't take my word for it. Listen back on the YouTube and you can see what's going on with the Discord. And we've also got our Patreon. You'll see that we've got new content on the Patreon. Court of Agenda, Bruno Fernandez has been a hot topic. And also you've got Elijah uh a sort of technical whiz he's been doing some stuff looking at the restructuring of the football club so check out our patreon if you're interested in any of that now that's all out of the way let's talk about yesterday let's talk about leicester city in the fa cup 
3-1 result. That's not going to be a surprise. Well, is it a surprise? I don't know. So, Aka, first first to you. What what was your main thoughts of yesterday's game, man? Just an, another disappointment, man. Just, you know, going out uh, in cup competitions and quarters and semis is just perfect. I, I think what upset me the most is I wasn't surprised. Like, this is what we do now. We just seem to go out in quarters and semis. We never make finals. Lackluster performance. Weird team selection. Leicester just wanted it more. I mean, I've watched the game back again today for the second time to think what went wrong. But it was literally Leicester were up for it. Our guys, a bit of team rotation, okay. Still, though, you think quarterfinal, you know, chance of a trophy, top four almost, almost as good as wrapped up. But there was just no fight in the team. People looked rusty. You can't blame him as well. Like, Tellers came in. He's not played. He doesn't play many games, Tellers. So, he's going to be rusty. Pogba's coming back from an injury. The defence surprised me yesterday. I won't lie. Because the defence has been playing well under Henderson uh, in the last four or five weeks. The defence has been quite solid. But back, to, back up to their old tricks. Just when you think the defence has sorted itself out, it rears its ugly head again. Yeah, pathetic, really. Pathetic performance, really. It, it was difficult. It was difficult. Obviously, you speak about the rotations. He brought in Alex Tellez. He brought in uh, Donny van der Beek, who's not played uh, Matic. much. Uh, Matic as well. So a few players who haven't sort of played regular football. Uh, a game against a good team in Leicester, obviously a team that's competing with us uh, for second. LD, was you sort of surprised by the rotations and the substitutions? What did you think about the game? I was surprised by the scale of the rotation. I thought one or two may drop in and uh, drop out and come in, but I didn't expect to see Bruno rested. I didn't expect to see Matic start. I didn't expect to see Shaw rested. So, yeah, a little bit surprised, I've got to say. And then, like I said, the result was just... Well, not, forget the result, the performance was just uh, horrific. Yeah, because it looks like we didn't really sort of get going. We didn't get going. We didn't find a rhythm. And obviously some people, I've seen some media reports today saying that obviously you take Bruno out of the team, you lose your rhythm. Is that is that something you kind of support, LD? Do you think Bruno You think Bruno being out of the team, we lose that sort of edge, we lose that sort of spark? I think a lot of games, is, well, the, the one game was the West Ham game where he didn't start and we looked like a completely different team. Compared mm. to the one that we looked like in the second half when he came on, so yeah, I do think there's a I do think there's a strong case to say a lot of these players, particularly in midfield, don't really know what they're doing if Bruno's not there for them to pass to uh, and for the attack to kind of run through. And mm. I also, but with that said, what I would say, I don't think it's just the case. I don't think it's just Bruno, and I feel like to be honest, this is for people to say that it's quite a damning of like Van der Beek because. I, don't, I think if he was coming in and showing confidence and demanding the ball and orchestrating attacks, it wouldn't be as dramatic a, a decline. But because Pop was on the left wing, yes, he comes inside to an extent to try and get involved, but he's not actually in the centre of the pitch. He's not actually like right in the middle of everything. Mm. So they can't pop it into him and let him kind of dictate and orchestrate. And so with Van der Beek, the one expected to do that in the 10 position... Yeah, it's a really, really, really bad look from him that people are looking at that game and saying, without Bruno, 
We don't look like we can keep the ball well. Well, not that Bruno keeps the ball particularly well, but without Bruno, we don't look like we we have a real rhythm to our attack. We don't look like we know what we're doing going forward. We look yeah. like listless and directionless. I think it's really uh, it's well, it's a strong indictment of uh, of Van der Beek in my opinion. But the thing is, I'm going to come to you now. Like obviously, Van der Beek he comes in. Um, he comes into a team that's obviously very much rotated, loads of substitutions, playing a different formation as well. We played the 4-4-2 diamond, more or less, with Matic at the bottom of the diamond and Van der Beek at the top of it. So you're playing a different formation. You're playing with your, you yourself. You're not really played a lot of games. And you're also coming into a team where you're taking out, you're basically replacing the talent of the, of the team in Bruno. No Rashford as well. So uh, the two better performers of the season. Do you think it's harsh? Do you think number 10 is his best position, one? And two, do you think it's a little harsh and a little bit difficult for Van der Beek because he comes in in difficult circumstances and he's expected to deliver? Um, it is difficult. He's had a difficult uh, acclimatisation period to English football. He's come, you have to look at where Van der Beek, Van der Beek's come from. He, you know, he's come from Ajax, a team that's strongly coached. You know, they, they come, with Ajax, they come up together through the ranks. So him, Frankie de Jong, Delit, a few others, they all come up through the ranks together. They've been playing football um, since they were kids together and they come up into the first team together. And the philosophy is exactly the same from the age of eight to the age of when they break into the first team. Uh, Frankie de Jong struggled at Barcelona. Um, was to the one, Delit has struggled at Juventus. You know, there's a theme of Ajax players. When they move on from Ajax, they struggle initially because it is that well ingrained in them and they are that well bred in the academy that when they move on from Ajax and they have to, Hakim Ziyech, another one, struggling. Top player, but he's struggling in England, isn't he? So it's it's a bit harsh just to say to him, oh, you know, you've got to pick the baton up when Bruno's rested and go and run with it. Especially mm. when, you know, you have to remember, he's come off an injury. Now, we don't know that because he's not been playing, but he's been injured, Van der Beek. So he's come back from an injury. Mm. He's been put into a random formation in a random lineup in a random cup game, it's hard for him to get going. He needs a run of games. Anyone who plays football knows you need at least five to ten games to get your rhythm, get your fitness, get your confidence going. And yeah. I think it's, it's more he's playing safe because he doesn't want to let the team down. He doesn't want to let the manager down. But if he was allowed to express himself a bit more, I think he'd be much better. Just touching on LD's point, for me, like, yeah, when Bruno plays, we are like half the team that we are when, when Bruno is playing. But for me, an even bigger one is Luke Shaw. He's the first name I'm looking at these days when I look at the team sheet. Mm. If I see Luke Shaw's playing, I think we're going to have something a little bit going forward. The minute Tellers comes in, no offence to Tellers, he's not Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw drives the team forward. Yeah, the, Rashford, not... mm. the Rashford and Shaw axes is very important to our attacking threat. And it's quite damning of us as well because someone said to me, is that where we're at now, where a left-back is you know, the focal point of our attack? But it literally is. If Luke Shaw and Rashford are playing, we're much more potent. We make more chances and we definitely score more goals. So the minute I saw Bruno, Rashford and Shaw were out, I knew we were heading for the disaster. But going yeah. back to mm. Van der Beek, uh, Michael, I think he's had a tough season and it takes time. But I don't think he's been looked after like he should have been. Like He should be getting more minutes. If we're winning a game 2-0, I don't know why he doesn't come on in the last half an hour. That would suit him, that style of play. And yeah. Especially when we need to keep the ball. Like we've had games where we've lost late on and I think Van der Beek would have been a good p person to bring on in them games because his ball retention is good. He's oh, good fantastic. Oh, fantastic. He's probably so, 
with him and Pogba, they're the, they're the better two at holding the ball there you go. in so, midfield. So. And might as well, might as well. That midfield there, if you want to hold the lead, why not have that midfield there to hold the lead? Why just bring him on in random cup games? You know, he needs to be used a lot more. And obviously, I think he's got injured now as well, just before this. Mm. And that's sort of taking... Yeah, the, you know, taking the wind out of his cells. Yeah, no, it's interesting. This season's a write-off for him. It's been a very difficult uh, season for him. Um, but I just want to touch on what your point about Luke Shaw. It's very interesting. I do agree. He is one of our better attacking outlets. It just, I just never remembered during the Fergie era saying, "Raw, Patrice Evra's not playing. It's crazy. We're going to lose a game, or we're going to have no attacking outlet." That's how far we've fallen. That you know what it is, though. The, the sad thing is, if you look at Liverpool, Trent and Robertson are key to their attacking threat. Mm. That's fair enough. But for us, it's, it's upsetting because it's by default. It's not yeah. just like they've got Salah, Mane, and whatever. Just an example of yeah. how fullbacks, fullbacks are very important to attacking team style of play. That's that's a, that's not. Yeah, no, no, of course. It's the of fact course. that it's, it's, it's by default. It should be integral. It should be like, damn, the left back's not playing shit. We're in it's trouble. It's by default as well, though. Yeah. Like, but, the attack team this year. No, that's a good, you're gone. That's a good point. Sorry, just to, just to cut, just to uh, add to that, add to what I could say. It's a good point you made. You know, our three best players this season were all missing for most of the game. Bruno came on in the second half, but between Rashford, Shaw, and Fernandez, they've been clear uh, for, in performances for us this season. So that was definitely that's definitely part of the poor performance. But I think with Van der Beek, I agree with a lot of points I made. To be honest, as far as explaining his poor form or difficulty to get up to speed because he's not playing enough minutes mm. and get used to our style of play um, <laughs> trying to adapt to but no to... such style exists it doesn't exist we call it such a thing <laughs> I don't know what they're doing at Carrington yeah do, do you know just that just, all they're doing is all, they're, all the drills they do is just like okay how can we pass it to Bruno <laughs> what angle can we get to pass it to Bruno but you know I think I, I agree with a lot of those points. I do think he, he's not been blooded well. I don't think he's been introduced well to the team. And actually, to one of your questions, I don't I don't like him as a 10. I think he's better playing like an eight, playing a bit deeper, progressing the progressing the ball he's, through yeah. the lines, the way he he's keeps hold of the ball. Yeah, mm. I don't... And even watching the play for Ajax, he didn't, the game I saw where he was playing exceptionally well, that was getting him linked to us to Real Madrid, etc. He was playing as an eight. He wasn't playing as a yeah. in the games that I remember. Yeah, yeah, the one he scored against the Golgans, he scored against Tottenham. Tottenham. No, it's definitely. It's, he's, yeah, an eight, I, he's an eight. He's an eight, but Oli, for whatever reason, sees him as a 10 and sees him as a squad player for, for Bruno, which means that we don't see the best of him. But I'm going to move on from Van Der Beek because I don't want the listeners to think he we're blaming him or putting some heat on him for the loss yesterday. I think if we're going to look at any midfielder, we can look at the, the midfielder behind me. For those of you who are not who are listening and not watching, I've got Fred Frederick or Fred. I'm not going to say his whole full Brazilian name, but we know him by He's Fred. He's not Brazilian. He's not Brazilian. That's, that's, the, Brazilian, that's what the streets aren't saying. That's what the streets are saying. The streets are saying that. They're saying he's from Chad or somewhere. It's a mad thing. It's, it's a... It's a mad thing. He, just, he, he met uh, someone from Angola, learned a bit of Portuguese, and he's saying he's Brazilian now. It's mad. That's, that's what the streets are saying anyway. But um, Fred, obviously. So, he was culpable for the first goal. He was, you know, he didn't get close enough to uh, Tielemans, uh for the second goal. 
And then the third goal, obviously, was his defensive park. Now, it's probably more Scott McTominay's fault. But in any way, what, what, what do you think about Fred and probably as an extension, our defensive midfield, LD? What, 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 do, you, what do you make of that? Because that's probably where the goals came from, right? Completely agree. Completely agree with what you just said. It was uh, our midfield was culpable really for, for all three of the goals, right? Really, as you as you said. So I think it's it's peak really because we saw in the first leg of our Europa League uh, Europa League knockout game against AC Milan where Kessie just ran the rings around everyone in the first leg, and now against Leicester, you see Tillmans and Indeedy just just do the most against Fred and Matic and just kind of put them to shame again. And it's just, the, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because before that goal, Fred's passing was in, was looking erratic as mm. before, in, a, like in the first 10 minutes, you know, before that, before Maguire laid that off to him. So that was a concern in a way, like we, could, we were struggling to keep the ball. We couldn't actually get a foothold in the game because particularly him, not just him, but particularly him was, uh, particularly Fred kept giving the ball away and giving it back to Leicester. He did press us well. Uh, but then, obviously, I mean, look, the first goal, I, I don't, there's no need to really, to, I mean, you know, there's no... What about I, the first goal real quick? Do you I think, was... do you think, and obviously, Fred's at fault, so I don't want anyone to misconstrue this, but do you think Maguire should look at Fred and say, look, he's misplaced two passes. Should I, I know the manager wants to play out from the back, should I kick this long? Or do you still say, Fred... Your, your defensive midfielder, just take the ball, control it, deal with a bit of press and keep it moving. Yeah, listen, the funny thing is, right, when I, when I saw the first replay, I actually had the exact same thought because I was thinking, okay, Fred's obviously just done a madness there, fine. But like, yeah, that was just inexplicably crap. But yeah, I was thinking that as well. I was thinking Maguire, the way Leicester started that game, they were so on, like, they were so on top of us for the first half an hour. They were pressing relentlessly. They were very organised in the way they pressed and very comfortable in their shape. So, I would have preferred Maguire to not even give Fred the ball in that position. Bear in mm. mind, Maguire can see Tillman's right behind Fred. Fred can't see Fred can't see Tillman's, but yeah, uh, yeah, initially, but Maguire can. Uh, I just feel like I would have, I would have preferred him to to not give Fred that ball in that situation. Mm. But then it's difficult, right? Because even if we say, oh, in hindsight, the reality is Maguire couldn't have seen that coming. No one saw that. Coming. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, no, of course. Of course, you can't see that coming. That, that's, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, but I guess we've been, we've been talking about the DMs for all of this season, even last season. 
And it's no, it's no surprise that, you know, the two DMs, primary, it depends for the second goal, Aka, who you want to really blame? Is it Matic? Is it Fred? Is it both of them are culpable? What did you make of the second goal? Uh, Leicester's second goal? Just schoolboy stuff, wasn't it? One-two around Matic. He's stuck in the mud. Mm. Uh, for me, the big issue for Fred has always been he's physically not up to it. He's just like, he's not physically up to competing with midfielders in England like he's like an ant to them they, like a, you know like a bee when you're just swatting them away mm. that's what Fred's like, like <laughs> he's just there like in the background like you can run and hold him off he's not got anything from me Fred and he's just getting more and more annoying now Fred because people talk oh his best trait is he's energetic and he runs and this and that he's one of the most passed around players in the top five European leagues what's this about you can run I can run as well does that mean I get into United's midfield now if that's the remit of just playing for United, just running about and getting beat and passed around, how far have we fallen there? And how far are we going to fall? We're going to get... That's true. I'm surprised we don't get trounced more often with Fred. But the thing is, I've always said, McTominay protects Fred a lot and they come as a pair. So the minute you separate these two, you see what we saw on Sunday. Because Matic hasn't got the legs. I don't, I don't want to even blame Matic because he hasn't got the legs to cover Fred's erraticness. You get me? Yeah, yeah there's an old guy, Matic. No, he's 34, whatever, 34, whatever. He's, he's 32, he's going 33 or something like that. He's de- definitely, he definitely. He's about 42, so. No. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with Fred but, does that to you. Exactly, <laughs> but, you know, he's not going to cover Fred, uh, Fred, and Fred is so erratic. You think Fred might think, oh, I've got Matic here. It's not McTominay. It's not the same agility. It's not the same phys- physicality and covering mm. the ground. I'll be a bit more, you know, controlled in my performance. No. What does he do? He does the opposite. He starts giving through balls to the opposition. He's putting them in on goal. Like that first pass, I can't believe people are actually thinking, looking at it and, say, and saying, Maguire shouldn't have passed him the ball. Are you kidding me? Mm. You're playing for Manchester United. You know, you need, you need to be press resistant in that in that position. And it wasn't like Tielemans, he had his back to Tielemans. Like Tielemans couldn't get a foot in. He had the ball covered. Like you can still protect it. Yeah. It ridiculous under hit pass. And, you know, he was awful for the first goal. He was awful for the second goal as well. And I, I just think he, he cannot be starting for his come, come next season. If he's starting for his next season, we're doomed. We're actually doomed. Like, this this year, we got away with it. And whatever, Ole changed his style after Spurs 6-1. But if you want to do that next year, you are asking to get sacked. He will get sacked. Fred will be the end of Ole. If Ole keeps playing Fred, he's going to get him sacked. You heard it here first. Exclusive. Aka exclusive, you know. He's saying, look... <laughs> If Fred is there next season, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is losing his job. Jeez. James Cooper, here's the scoop. <laughs> here's the not, scoop. If Fred plays 30-plus league games next year, Oli's getting sacked. It's the scoop. <laughs> Sky Sports News, you got to sign Aka up. <laughs> Tell him. Tell him. He, he's coming here with a faction. Huh? No, it's true. It's, it's £52 million. Uh, we played a Brazilian tax on that. Uh, Shaxter Dines with a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant deal. Like I'm sure Harvard Business School are studying that deal, and they're gonna interview flipping the Shaxter Dines CEO you know what it is as well? or whatever. You know what gets me, you know me Michael? It's the audacity mm. Fred has as well. When I see Fred playing, he's trying to ping the ball with his weaker foot. He's he's, he's one of the worst shooters as well in Europe's top five leagues. Doesn't stop him. That, 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 that's that's confidence, you know. You know, we tell each other day to day. You got to be confident delusion. in yourself. You got to you got to believe your source. He believes his source, isn't it? That, that's what Fred that's is. He, he's that's a guy that believes his source, regardless. He, he's not hearing no haters. 
You know, everyone said, I don't believe the haters. Or Watford or something. No, he needs to go. He needs to go. If Oli's serious, if Oli... The thing I don't understand, we've got Carrick, we've got Fletcher in the backroom team. Like, these are players who know what it's like to play Valis Ferguson. Michael Carrick... The deep lying, he was like a deep lying playmaker. This guy yeah. could pass him the ball. Rio Ferdinand would pass him the ball. He'll protect it and make something happen. So I, I don't know how he sees Fred and allows Oli to pick Fred. I, I don't know how all those conversations go. Unless Michael Carrick's just happy to be a yes man. I don't know what goes on. I'm not privy to those conversations. But what I do know is I know what Michael Carrick did for 10 years plus or whatever it was at Man United. And I know that he knows that position. He knows it inside out. So how is he letting this slide? How? That's what... One day I'd like to know. I don't think I'll ever find out how, but how is Carrick letting this slide, man? Listen, we saw Paul Scholes come out of retirement. Listen, I don't... If it's Darren Fletcher, if it's Michael Carrick, I don't listen. One of you, man. Just <laughs> go, to, go, 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 to, go to Sports Direct. Pick up some boots, man. I'll tell you what, LD. I reckon Carrick's more mobile than Matty. Still, it, it, it's, it, it's probably a close run thing. Trust me, in training, it's probably embarrassing him. It's crazy. I've heard Carrick joins in in training. Yeah, well, you should do, man. The thing is, embarrass these guys. If, yeah, if you're go gonna on. get done with a one-two like that, like Matic was for the second goal, so easily, so yeah, yeah. And the way Matic as well just gave up. Matic was like, oh, he just gave up on it. You could just tell Matic was like, I'm not getting back. Yeah, he knew. He knew. He was hoping he... Fred would come in, innit? The thing is, the thing is. If you look at it from a tactical point of view, that's not Matic's game. His game is to sit yeah. in front of the defence and patrol and protect the back four. He's doing what Fred should have been doing and Fred is doing what he should be doing and they're both not very good at what they're supposed to be doing anyway and then they're doing each other's roles and it's like, it's just a shit show, man. And I think that's I think part of that is the confusion that comes with not playing together. How many yeah. games this season have Matic and Fred actually played together? Like, Pro- probably a, hand, yeah, probably a handful. Handful, handful max. Handful at max, right? So... Yeah. Compared to like you mentioned uh, McTominay and Fred, then like because they because they built that partnership, at least like Fred, uh, at least McTominay understands Fred's many weaknesses and like positional indiscipline and can kind of help cover for him and he's just physical. It comes to IQ though, don't yeah. it, LD? Like for me, out. like that's why I'm, yeah. I made the point. It comes to IQ. So if I'm Fred and I've got Matic next to me in a cup game, I've got to think it's not McTominay, it's Matic, and I've yeah. got to be a bit more, you know, reserved in my pressing and, you know, whatever whatever Fred does, he's got to be a bit more, like, toned down in it. But it, it, instead, it was the opposite. He was even more, like, blasé and, you know, mm. right. It's ridiculous. He, he hasn't even got a football IQ. I think that's a great, another great point as well, is talking about football IQ and talking about situational awareness, right, on the pitch. A lot of the top players look like they've got, you know, they've got, like, they've got, you know, half an hour to shoulder around the pitch, take a first touch, pop it off. They see they they see the full picture around them of where people mm. are going to happen next. And you compare that to someone like Fred and the way he plays the game at about a thousand miles an hour. It's erratic. Yeah, I'm sure he knows. What he, I don't think he does. I don't think he knows what he's going to do with the ball next when he when he gets it. I don't think he has a clue. And that that. He, there is no calmness in his play, and mm. for a defensive midfielder, for you to just look so erratic and for you to look so flustered, anytime you get the ball, is such a worrying sign. And of course, so many games with Fred. Like we said before, the first goal we saw that with Fred, he looked 
so out of out of form, out of shape. Like mentally, he didn't look like he was actually there. He was just doing the most. I mean, he was he just looked janky. Yeah, and as you say, if you're if the defensive midfielders calm, because the centre backs will then feel calm, and it reverberates around the whole team, and that sort of uh, sort of it makes everyone feel uncomfortable because then the strikers know, damn, like we better score because we're going to concede. And one striker did score yesterday, and that was Mason Greenwood. Uh, uh, obviously, the play coming down the left uh, with Paul Pogba, and then the ball gets played in. Donny van der Beek, here's the call. Talking about football IQ, that was football very IQ, high IQ. Football IQ. The, which had been drilled into him, and then obviously Mason Greenwood with a left-footed finish. Aka, what did you make of uh, the finish and, you know, the strikers yesterday, Martial and Greenwood? The finish was what we expect of Mason. That's murder Mason from last year. Like, one shot mm. back, left foot, accurate, well hit, well struck, beautiful strike. And I'm surprised we scored yesterday, but it was a high-quality goal, like I said, from Pogba doing his little bit on the left, uh, Van der Beek hearing the call, and a good finish. So it was a good goal. Were there two strikers playing yesterday? Because I only saw Mason Greenwood. <laughs> Shots fired. I don't know where he's been all year. Like, you know, this is what I hate about Martial. Like, he had one good game at Etihad, and that's it now. He's back to his normal tricks. He's, you know, he's so frustrating. Like, I don't want to, like, you know, me saying, Martial is just ambling around the pitch and he's lazy and this and that. It's it's, it's lazy for me. Do you, do you understand? The analysis is mm. lazy. But it gets to that point where it's literally that. He is just ambling around. He's not even interested. He's not a number nine. This experiment needs to stop of him being number nine now. And for me, like, he's lost his pace. Like, he's not as quick as he used to be. He's lost the yard. He's lost the yard. I'll give lost you that. The yard. And, and the, the most worrying thing yesterday, well, I, he used to be a great dribbler. He used to come deep, get the ball, run at people, twinkle toes, really, really good dribbler, one of the best in the league. He can't mm. even dribble anymore. Like, he's, he, he was getting tackled by Fofana. He was running into bodies. Like Yeah, Fofana had him, definitely. He's got, like, nothing going for him right now. I don't know whether it's a slump or low confidence or what, but he literally has nothing. He has no number nine attributes. I saw no... Yesterday, I saw no number nine attributes. I saw pathetic dribbling. And I just... It was typical martial. And he's now taking minutes away from Mason Greenwood. For now, like, second is... Uh, not second. Top four is sealed for us. For me. Personally. We hope. We hope. Famous last words. <laughs> we hope. But, yeah, it's we only hope. 50. We're only six points ahead of fourth place. You know, so, and then... What's that? Six, eight points in front of West Ham. So, you never know, man. Eight, point, eight points from fifth. So, for me, I think we need we need to get over... If he doesn't get over there, he needs to get sacked. Um, but, for, for me... Greenwood has to be leading the line now for the from now till the end of the year. Like, just let Mason go in that role and see what he's got. He's played there in the last few games, to be fair, to like as a like, as a lone striker. But only because Martial's injured, Michael. So when Martial gets fit, he walks back into number nine, and he doesn't deserve to walk back in right now. And it can't be much worse starting Mason because Martial's got what four in twenty-five, and two were against Southampton in a route. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now he's 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 goal scoring goal scoring record is atrocious. Well, about LD, obviously Martial, obviously we know he's having a, a very 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 poor season. Where do you stand? Obviously, some United fans are like, oh, you know, like he's, he's he, what's he doing? He's having a poor season. Let's get rid. Some people are like, you know what? Let's take time with him. He's having a poor season, but he's a very good player. He's got very good attributes on his day. And whether he's a number nine or not, at least he could be one of our forwards. Where do you stand on the sort of Martial debate then? 
I mean, for me personally, we need to bring someone else in. That's that's where I stand on it. Ultimately, I think we need to bring someone in who is about that life, is a bona fide number nine, mm. someone who's not gonna take it, you know, not gonna have a season off. Because that's what this is effectively. Marshall is saying, "I'm just taking the season off." Like, see you guys next year. See you guys next year. Mm. How, how can you go from having your career best year to your career worst year? Mm. Base of a preseason. Like it's it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. That's that's the word I would use. Um, I think we need to we need to bring someone else in who's a serious number nine, who's about that life, who's going to be consistent, who's got that mentality where if they're not scoring goals, they're they're showing for the ball and they're being a real vo- focal point, uh, focal point for the team. Someone you can drop the ball because there were a lot of times. In the, I mean, they showed it at half time. There were a lot of times in the first half where if Marshall was in the right position, we probably could have actually kept the ball. If he gave a good option to the centre backs or to his centre midfielder to give it mm. in, to give it to come to come short and give it him to feet, he actually probably we actually probably could have built uh, a foundation to attack from. And there were a lot of times where he just wasn't in the right position, and he was consistently running the channels. Well, actually, sometimes you need to be central, show for the ball, let someone yeah you know, you know look, be like a, be an option for a bounce pass. Right, so you get it to your feet, pop it off to Mason, pop it off to to Pogba, to Van der Beek, whoever. Um, mm. to a fullback as well, and he just didn't know what he was. He just didn't. He just didn't know where to be. And it's, I think this is the problem. Yeah, how can you go from? I can, you know, I could touch on it there. How can you go from the City game, where he did everything but score, and mm. gave a brilliant all-round number nine performance? Yeah, apart from the goal, to this game where not only does he not score, he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Mm. Absolutely, it's hard to defend him it's with games like that. Like, it's hard to defend. It's like on a scale, like that's a small scale. Like, I agree with LD, but on a larger scale, last year when I saw him play, he was showing good number nine play for me in, in, in large parts of the season. The ball was sticking to him. He was bringing other players into play. Aerially, he was improving. He was getting, he was stronger. He was holding defenders off. You know, he was playing like a number nine. He was, most, most importantly, he was bagging goals. This year, he just doesn't seem interested. Like, he just, he's not in games. Like, okay, yesterday it was hard because he was isolated. And I know the Martial fans are going to come for me. And I, I, I appreciate he's isolated. I appreciate he's not got much behind him. I appreciate not many chances were made. But end of the day, Greenwood got got on the score sheet. Greenwood's overall play was has been very good this season for me. Greenwood has had, has had a very good year in overall play. Yes, the goals haven't been there. But mm. as a player, he's improved this year. You can see that. You can see that growth in Greenwood. But Martial, like, sometimes sometimes a striker's got or you have games where you've got to get goals out of nowhere or you've got to just have magic moments out of nowhere. And with Martial, we've just had... You don't, you don't that see that. Year. You don't, don't see that. So where, where, where do you stand then, Aka? I guess, I guess uh, LD didn't get to it. Where, where do you stand? Do you keep, are you keep Martial or you, you sell said, Martial this summer? What, what, what is said, this summer? What are we saying? My stance is he can't be playing number nine for United next year. He cannot be playing number nine for United. If you want to keep him as left wing, He's got to compete with Rashford. And at the end mm. of the day, that's 250k on the bench because Rashford's going to start ahead of him. And then it's a question of, I mean, I don't mind having 250k on the bench, but if you get a good offer for him, why wouldn't you sell? But the issue is, again, who's going to pay to, Who's going to pay him 250k? All I know is I don't want to see him at number nine for United next year. That is it. Another AK exclusive. What about you, LD? What are you saying? I know you said earlier you said you can't be a striker, so you got you and Akar similar 
in that in that sphere. But are you saying keeping him to compete with left wing? Yeah, I think I I wouldn't mind to see, I wouldn't mind seeing him stay uh, to compete with Rashford. When I say compete, I mean you know, like being understudy to Rashford on the left wing. I wouldn't, quite frankly, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that though. Another mind. issue is though. Another sorry, Aldi. Another issue is he's not one to compete. You get me? Like, okay, I can say, you know, you can compete with Rashford for the left wing, but I mean, people are not gonna like this, but it's the it's the facts. The facts. The fact is, when he gets competition, he goes into his shell. Be it Zlatan, Lukaku, or Cavani, and you know, Rashford is the complete opposite. Rashford is a monster. Rashford is relentless on being a United legend scoring X amount of goals and you know when you compare him you're going to put both of them on left wing he's not going to compete with Rashford Rashford's going to eat him alive he's not going to match Rashford's output he's not going to match, uh, match Rashford's running he's not going to match Rashford's work ethic he's not going to match anything of Rashford and do you know what I used to always think Martial would be the better player with the higher ceiling but I was wrong he's not even close to Rashford mm. yeah I, I think I think um yeah, again, I think you made you made some good points. And I think what I uh, what I'd add to that is I think because Martial has been in the club for so long now, uh, there's so much there's a lot of affection and goodwill towards him, and understandably so because obviously we want to back our own players. It's always it's amazing. It was always amazing, right, when you see that journey from someone coming to the club as a young player and flourish in, and develop into a world class talent. And that's all. You, that's 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 how good we all know Martial could be. And so I think there is that, that that strength of feeling towards him from the fan base in general. Um, but again, I agree with you, and I think a lot, I agree with you, Aka, because I think a lot of it is mentality, and it's being you know, Henri, Thierry Henry always talks about being a killer and having that killer instinct and wanting to kill the opposition every single game, and that relentless attitude and just being about it every game. And you know, even if you don't score, it's like I was on the pitch today, and everyone know everyone knew it, like. I imposed myself on this game. I imposed myself on the defense, on my, you know, on my opponent, on the center backs who are marking me. And even, you know, so you make your presence felt every time you step on the pitch, you show maximum effort, maximum hunger. And those are the qualities Martial lacks. Like between the years, that mentality, uh, he doesn't have that, doesn't have that about him from what I can see. He doesn't have that attitude of no matter what, I will absolutely show up and I'll give 100%, and that is unquestionable. And so for that reason, I I think he's... I'm happy to keep him as a, as a squad player, it's fine, but mm. as a start, I, I don't think... I, the way this, the way this team's developing, look at, look at Mace, obviously Rashford is... Who, like Aka said as well, who we thought... We thought Martial might be better than, but we've seen the way Rashford's developed and really brought himself to another level, to a new level of consistency, where even if he's not... Again, even if he's not scoring every game, even if he's not playing well every game, either he's scoring or he's not necessarily scoring, he's playing well. You know what I'm saying? So we've seen Rashford bring to us that level the way Martial hasn't been able to. So mm. for that reason, if we want to keep Martial as a squad player, then it is what it is. Uh, but if, if, if we get a good offer for him, you know, when Mourinho wanted to sell him, we were very, very worried that, oh, but if we sell Martial, we become this quality, amazing player that, uh, that we... That yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We didn't, we didn't want to miss out. We didn't want FOMO. <laughs> Exactly, it was FOMO. We didn't sell him because of FOMO, right? And that 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 is what it that is what it is, right? It's done now. But I think you know to be what two three years on now, three years on. Yeah. Well, I think that that FOMO should be should be should be dissipating, to be honest, because he's not showing he's not showing he's not showing it. He's not showing that he's got that mentality. And that's he's the not thing. Gonna, 
it's one yeah. thing to have the technical quality, but you need to have that mentality and yeah, that, that mental, mental, mm. fortitude, mental fortitude, right? Ask when you talk about mental, have that mental strength. And Marshall, for me, doesn't show that often enough. So he's what, what he, he's 26 and he was billed as the next Thierry Henry. And he's putting up Nathan Redmond numbers. So. Oh, goodness gracious. Redmond, what, 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 what did Nathan Redmond do, do to you, Nathan Redmond, like And he actually scored, what, he scored a couple goals this weekend. He scored, well. he scored a bagger this weekend. That's what I mean, though. That's what I mean. Nathan Redmond, I've not heard about him for three, four months. He scores a brace. That's martial behaviour. <laughs> hey, Nathan Redmond, if you're listening, I support you, brother. I support I like you, brother. Redmond. I like Redmond. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, this guy was billed as the next Thierry Henry. He Martial was. Died. He was. He's 25. He's, he's still, wait, he's 26 in December, I believe. Come on, bro. So, so he ain't no Henry. Yeah, he's not. He's definitely not no Thierry. That, that's for sure. It's unfortunate that it didn't work out like that. But, um, but no, watch this. I guess it's a watch this space with uh, Martial. But let's just look in quickly at the Milan game. That was a game on Thursday. Obviously, it was a, it was a difficult prospect going to Milan. Uh, 1-1, we knew we needed to score. Uh, and if we could score and keep a clean sheet, that meant going through, which is what happened with the introduction of Paul Pogba at half-time. Him scoring the goal shortly after half-time to secure a 1-0 away victory, taking us to the uh, quarterfinals that we're in now. Aka, did you catch the game? What did you sort of think? Did you, obviously, you could think of the very good European performance. Was it more about the result than the performance? What was your sort of main takeaway? Yeah, it was about the result. Uh, on the day, we knew we had to score by hook or crook. Uh, terrible first half. Didn't look like scoring. Very much similar to the first leg. Milan was, a, for me, running the, the match. Um, we brought Pogba on second half. Pogba just showed that little bit of composure that he's got, that little touch of class, scored the goal. Uh, the defence was quite solid on the whole, to be honest. We nullified Milan a lot better than we did the week before. Yeah, professional performance, nothing much to disrespect the result, got the result. But yeah, just thank God for Pogba. It was thank God for Pogba because, as you say, he added that little bit of quality. And I'm not going to pin the whole first half because I think the f first half generally was quite poor. But someone who really couldn't really get going in that game was Marcus Rashford. He was taken off for Pogba. There's a hint of feeling that, you know, he wasn't fit. He just wasn't ready for the game. Was that your feeling, LD, as well? Do you think that Oli is overusing Rashford? Obviously, he's probably one of the players who started one of the... Aside from Maguire, probably he's probably one of our most regular starters. So, what, what, what do you think about that? And in more in generally, the Oli's use of uh, Rashford. Yeah, no, I I think the use of Rashford this year has been excessive. Um, I think he's running him into the ground again, and he did it last year. He's doing it again this season, and Rashford's not at you. He's playing so many games. He's accumulating so many minutes. And you can see the accumulation of fatigue in his performance as well. And I think, you know, slowly but surely his performances just dipped and dipped and dipped. And, you know, then he got the knock against City. And he, obviously he's got these, we all know he's got his well-documented shoulder issue where he need, he would need surgery on in the, later in the summer. And the guy needs a rest. Now they're saying that he's been checked out by the England doctors. I'm like, this guy, no, I'm sorry, but... And this is the thing, at some point, I think Solskjaer needs to put his foot down a little bit and say, not only um, I'm, I'm, am I going to give you a rest, but also England needs to give you a rest as well. And you need to sit you need to sit for the next two weeks and just chill. Like, 
just get on the bike, do some recovery, you know, do some rehab and just just let let yourself kind of breathe and settle to come back after international break. Because this guy needs a rest. He, he's absolutely... And you can tell, like, Rashford will give, always give 100%, but you can tell the guy's shattered on the pitch. Mm. He's tired. He's not... Obviously, I don't know his injury. You probably know his injury details more than I do. But I do know that he clearly looked like he was being rushed back. And I guess that's more of a testament to... Obviously, you're always going to miss your best players. But I guess it's such a testament to how much we're relying on him. Because I feel that if you nullify, if you nullify, nullify Bruno, you also do the same to Rashford. With Man United, you're more or less you've got very good chance of winning the game, and I think maybe that's in Oli's mind. He's thinking, wow. So if Bruno has enough game, at least I've got Rashford, even though he may be 60, 50 percent fit, you know. And Oli was willing to roll the dice, but he needs to sort of not to. And I guess it's a, it's a it's a downer or I guess it's an indictment on our squad because he's also saying look if I take Rashford out who can come and replace him you know um, he's brought in Ahmad a few times off the bench does he not think Ahmad's ready to start you know maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't um, but in any case but yeah I guess it's very much a sort of job needed a job well done it's all about getting the result it wasn't really about playing uh to the best of our ability unfortunately we were allowed to do that i was just disappointed that we followed it up with the less defeat but looking forward to uh the europa league draw we got grenada uh a team that is eighth in la liga Aka, what do you think about that draw? Are you excited do you think we can do something what do, you, what do you think about us in the europa league especially now that we're at the fa cup it's uh, clear to me that he prioritised the Europa over FA Cup by picking the stronger side in Milan. We have to win the Europa League. Like, If we don't win the Europa League, we're a shambles because we're the best team left in that competition by a mile. And Granada is... They're not even on our level, man. I can't... The teams that are left in that draw were like Zagreb, Prague, Granada. You, these are the kind of teams you want. Even the ones that are even a bit better Arsenal, Ajax, Roma they're not on our level like these teams we have to win the Europa League this year I don't care how, about performances I don't care how we do it much like the back when Jose did it but we've got to win the Europa League and boy if we don't win the Europa League this year we yeah, I'll tell you what if we don't win the Europa League this year we're never going to win a trophy on Dali another exclusive <laughs> free for free Jeez, free for free. No no league title in 2021. No league title ever. Wow. Okay. No, you're right. Uh, LD, you got to go as far as that? You know what? I can't even argue that point. If Oli can't win this Europa League, where we are clearly, by any definition, the best team left in the competition, then we've got, he's got serious problems, boy. Serious, serious problems. If we can't win this competition, that we have, there's, there's, it's a mentality issue, then, isn't it? It's, it's quite clearly this team is famous now, infamous, sorry, for buckling when the heat is on and when they they are favourites, and they are outright hot favourites. And if they can't get over the line here, they quite clearly are never going to get over the line. They've got mental issues stemming from the management. Like I heard Zlatan's interview, and he said this team is better than the team I played in, but the difference is. My team won stuff. 
And that's that's Latin in a nutshell. That, that's it. facts. Yeah, I saw that in the mentality. That's Latin killer mentality. You know what's funny? I was actually I was going to reference Zlatan myself, uh, just because I was. That's a great point. Like to your point about Jose's team that won the Europa League, you had those big cap. You had those big characters in Zlatan and Pogba that, in a lot of ways, took the rest of the team with them. Just in terms of personality, Zlatan, mm. man, Zlatan was just like Zlatan like, was a yeah, like he was a clear leader. He was a clear leader in the squad, and and it also like on the pitch, like you could just see gave the team so much confidence to look yeah, to him tell. and say, not even okay, on the pitch, like, Zlatan's even... here. We've got a good chance. Like his attitude, his arrogance, his the, his demeanor. We've got a chance here. Like we can, he's someone we can follow. And if you do, if you follow him, we've actually got a good chance. And that's what he gave that team, like that personality. The thing with Zlatan is like if you watch the year we he played, um, League Cup final, we're two 0 up. We go. It comes to two all. This United team buckles and loses that cup final. Zlatan looked at it and he thought, "No big deal. They've equalised. It's all right. I'll score a last minute winner. Score mm. the winner. Europa League. I'm not playing. I've got ACL. No worries. I'll rock up to the Zlatan Arena on crutches and cheer the team off on the side. And just that effect that he had on the team. Like that team had the mentality that they could win trophies. And he made a great point. I, I think this team is better, but they haven't got the mentality. And it's all about winning trophies. Of course, of course, you need. It's all about being a good football team, but loads of loads of teams are good at this level. But what separates Spurs. the people that win is the is the mentality, Spurs is the example. desire. I've got a fire shots that tap in Tobes. Spurs is, a, is the example. They play great <laughs> football in the last decade, and they've got niche to show for it. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, it's all talk, isn't it? It's all talk. You just it does 140 characters on Twitter. That's what you can show for it. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, but no, no, you're right. I think that Zlat- that Zlatan interview was very telling and it demonstrates, I don't know. I know Harry Maguire wears an armband, but I don't know who's the leader in that dressing room. I don't know. I Obviously, there's arguments of who it could be. People uh, Bruno had people saying Bruno after his first sort of season, but after six months, that would have been too soon. Pogba, but he was vice-captain. Obviously, he got taken taken away from him under Mourinho for whatever personal differences they had. So, who is that leader? Who is our Zlatan? Is it, is it Bruno? Is it Do we just say it's Bruno and accept I mean, it? Or? For me, looking at the team and the, the way they celebrate and the way they react to certain players, I still think it's Paul Popper, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Particularly since Zlatan's left. I think he's the one who took on the mantle of saying, right, I'm the leader in the dressing room. I'm the one everyone looks to. Whether you see it on social media, you see it on the pitch of the celebrations or after the game, after the Malanga, obviously, yes, he scored the winner. But he's the one, I think, where the players will look to him a little bit. Like You can tell, I think you can, you can kind of suss these things sometimes. Just You can kind of tell with body language and stuff. He's the one they they all kind of go to and look, look mm. to. Uh, even, and to an extent, I think even Bruno as well. I think you could probably say the same, even Bruno. Like I think, again, they do look to Paul Popper and you know, he is the one who will stick his chest out and you know, when... And say, listen, we, you know, I'm good. I'm good enough. Like, I'm, I belong on the stage. And I don't think we have enough players who, genuinely, deep down, like, really believe that. I think Rashford believes that. I think Bruno believes that. I don't know how many others really can, you know, will we'll drag them. We'll drag everyone else with them. Yeah. Why? I think Maguire is respected. I think he's well respected, but he's not one. Like he's not won anything in his career of note. So. You can't look at Maguire and say, okay, you know, Maguire can't 
He can't say, right, I've been there, this is how we get there. He can't chat to man. He's exactly, exactly. That's what you're trying to he say. Can't, he can't, yeah, he can't, can't chat to he man. Can't, <laughs> he, can't to, he can't talk to Luke Shaw because Luke Shaw will say, well, hold on, I've won. Like, yeah, one sign. Everyone that can't. Uh, Harry, <laughs> Harold, shut up, man. Exactly. Like, Harold, calm down, man. Exactly. One World far. Cup run, you think you're the guy. Yeah. Shut up, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely tell him to shut up at training. I know, and definitely not at Carrington. They're, ter- they're telling him. They tell him on the pitch. Remember that video of Rashford? Yeah, facts. Fact. That's what I mean. When Pogba talks like the rest of the team, listen. Uh, a World Cup does that, innit? A World Cup will do His that. His ability does that. His ability does that. And of course, of course. He's actually, I believe he's technically the best player in terms and of And also, what he like, we, we forget he's an academy lad. Like, he's mm. the, the model picture of, like, an academy lad who's made it big. Do you get me? Yeah, uh, yeah. He, coming through the, the system. Even, like, people like Mason Greenwood, uh, the people coming up from the academy are looking up to this guy that like, we want to be like Pogba. In our mid twenties, well, you know, not not necessarily World Cup winners, but on the big world stage, full of ability, Man United Academy product come good. Well, 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 well that's facts. That's that's facts right there. Um, but clearly, talking about the draw, yeah, yeah, we should, we should, we should at least get to the final, and hopefully, if things go our way, we can meet Arsenal at the final. It'll be good to slap them up and uh, pick up a trophy and ban them from going to the Champions League. That'll be more of a motivation. Not really winning the title, just stopping Arsenal from getting the Champions League. That's the motivation. And hopefully that's enough motivation for the players to, you know, go there and win. Um, but obviously, apart from a potential, uh, assuming we get their uh, Europa League final, we've got fixtures in the league. And uh, I was listening uh, listening to obviously Gary Neville after the weekend's games and obviously saying it's all about finishing a good second, not a weak second. And second's not even ours by any stretch. Obviously, we're one point ahead of Leicester. We've got a few games, uh, goal difference, three goals, sorry, we're three plus goal difference better than Leicester. But in terms of our fixtures moving forward, uh, what what do you sort of think? Where do you think we can end up? Do you think seconds are given? I know Aka, you felt like that. Well, what about you, LD? I don't think seconds are given, but I think I think we should finish second. I just don't think it's a given um, because <laughs> we've seen this season. This team is capable of both great and terrible things. So mm. it's nothing. Nothing's a given, to be honest. Like, I have no. I don't have that confidence in this team to say, yes, they will go and power on and finish second and finish the season strong. But that's got to be the aim, right? That's got The way the season's gone, particularly what's happened to Liverpool, what's happened to Chelsea as well. Yeah. You know, we've got to, we've really got to be finishing second and put ourselves in a position where we can kick on. Uh, we can end the season with momentum to kick on to start of next season. Because that's what it's got to be about, isn't it? You know, as you say, our, some of our big rivals have, have stank really stank so the fact that we we can't just be competing with teams that are having terrible seasons we can't just be a point or two ahead of a team that's had a terrible season i.e uh a liverpool or chelsea i know liverpool a bit further back we want to be quite we want to have some distance between us and them and obviously the fixtures we've got coming up we've got brighton at home Tottenham away, Burnley at home, Leeds away, very interesting game. Liverpool at home, another interesting game. Villa away, Leicester at home, which could be a real battle for second that game. Fulham at home and obviously Wolves away to finish uh, the season. So, Aka, listening to those fixtures, are you sort of still hell-bent, still determined that, you know what, United second and a strong second at that? If uh, Pogba stays fit, 
it's a strong second. If Pogba starts getting injured, you're stumbling over the line. Maybe a, a very weak second, or maybe third, maybe fourth. Like that—that's the effect Pogba's had on the team this year season. Like I think when Pogba got injured, Ole's mentality was we're just not going to lose games and just stay in the mix. Mm. But I, I fully expect us to pick up a lot of points if Pogba stays fit and fires. He's going to fire if he stays fit. If Pogba stays fit, and then Bruno's got a helping hand, and Rash comes back, we'll get a strong second. If Pogba has another injury, boy, anything could happen. It's it's difficult, yeah, and it's almost as you say. We we look, we we can talk about Bruno's numbers all day. We can talk about the impact of Rashford, but I guess if it comes to that sort of quality, thing some, is like, yeah, go sorry, on. In December, January, Pogba was fit and firing, and we actually went on a good run that solidified us in top four, and then later on in second place. The minute mm. Pogba got injured, Ole was like. Oh, I don't know what to do here now, man. Like, uh, we can't lose games. We can't give up the lead that we've got. So we had this run of about three wins out of eight. But uh, like, we were just playing for nil. Yeah, yeah. After eight. after the Liverpool game, yeah. I fully think that's because of Pogba's injury. If Pogba comes back and he's looking good, he's got he's had a goal and an assist in what just over ninety minutes of football. Mm. If, he, if he gets fit and fires ninety minutes out, he, and he'll want to do that for the Euros as well. With the Euros coming up, he'll want to get to full fitness. If Pogba's yeah. fit, if Pogba's fit, it's going to be a strong second. That should and that should be a motivation for our players as well as in obviously the Euros is this summer. So these guys, obviously, we're on the international break as we speak. If these guys want to be in those squads, they want to be impressing their national team yeah. managers. Then it's it's in their it's in their best interest to finish strongly. So it should be in their best interest to finish a strong second and also uh, win the Europa League. Because I do agree with you too. We should be winning that competition. So let's just we're gonna round up soon. Uh, I was gonna go through a few listeners' uh, questions. Uh, the first one is from Superfly MK, and it simply reads: Has Ollie's inshallah run out for the season? Anyone can answer that if. It just touches upon the point I made. If Pogba stays fit, he's inshallah still got a lot of legs to run. If Pogba gets <laughs> I think he'll run out because Bruno and Rashford are tired now, and you can see that. Like LD touched upon it before, they are tired, and you yeah. can see that in their mm. in their performances, in their output, is slowly drying up. Like I made a bet with Mario, eighty goals, we're going to be miles off at this rate because we've started scoring one, if that, a game. How much did you bet? How much are you gonna lose? Uh, I can't. Remember. I don't know, man. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't remember it, do you? Ah, oh, twenty. Okay, a little, a little um, score. I was, okay. At the time, it looked like a surefire win, but like I said, if Pogba doesn't stay fit, we're looking in trouble. But yeah, it, it just leads on from the previous point. Mm. If Pogba's if Pogba's fit, we'll finish the season strong. I'm sure of it. LD, you with that? Yeah, word to word. No, completely word to word. Mm. Yeah. If Pogba stays fit, I think we'll be calm. I think we'll win Europa League. I think we'll finish second. If Pogba's ankle starts up again, or whatever, whatever else is fire, and whatever, whatever else might be next, then yeah, then this 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 it's looking a bit peak. Okay, well we've got we we've got to hope and pray. My man stays healthy. We got to hope and pray for sure. Um, I've got I got a question here. Well, fight. MUFC for the fans got a few questions, but we we can only take a couple, so we can share share the love. But um, one question it says here: If Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't win a trophy, would that be a case for a managerial change? So, are we saying if Ole doesn't win Europa League, as you said, Aka earlier, you said you will never win a trophy? So, 
if this season Oli doesn't win Europa League and we finish second, are you are you sticking with Oli or are you saying you know what, get him out of it? Um, I've had big debates about this today. Uh, I've always been of the oak that he, if he's getting his remit is top four. So I'm just talking from a, a realist point of view now. His remit has always been top four. Start of the season, we no one, lot, 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 lot of people backed us for top four. And we had a pretty uh, poor window, underwhelming window as well, I, I felt. I don't think anyone felt we had a good window. He's going to get top four. He's going to meet his remit. And for me, I've, I've always been of the oak that the manager should be allowed to see. If they're getting the basic requirement, which is top four, they should be allowed to see out their contract. So, yes, I stand by if we don't win the Europa League this year, he won't most likely win a trophy. Mm. But I feel like if he gets second or third or top four, he should be allowed to see out his contract. I don't really believe in this hype of a new contract. Like, for me, I don't know why they're rushing in with a new contract with him. Just see how his final year goes. Oli's not going to go anywhere else. He's united through and through. And to be honest, I don't think a lot of people would jump at Oli like that. Do you get me? So that, that's the are. very telling thing, isn't it? Because if he, wherever, let's say it doesn't work out for him and he and they we part company with him, what what caliber of club will be knocking on his door? I think he's done he's done enough to get a job like a Villa, or I think Everton. I don't think I can't see Everton going. For him, yeah, so we're like, saying we're saying tenth from below. We're saying tenth from below. Yeah, uh, mid table. That's the thing. That's so scary. We, we're fully sitting here acknowledging that our manager is not top tier. And we're expecting top tier results. The thing is, wow. Oli's job was Oli's job was to come in and consolidate us and re-establish us as a top four club. And he's mm. done that. But he got a three-year deal. And when he got the deal, I said, let him do his three years. And for me, that I'm still standing by that because I'd be a hypocrite then if I said, no, no Europa League, no cup, you got to go. For me, just let him do his deal and see where we are this time next year. If he's got us, you know, plus 80 points next year at this point, and we're in a title race, we see clear progression, you offer him a new contract. If it's, mm. if it's very much similar to what we've seen the last two years, and that's top four, and not a lot, not much else, you just say to Ole, you know what, thank you very much. You, consoli- you consolidate us as a top four club again. It's time to push on to the next level. Yeah. Not fair. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, LD, Eddie, are you, you with that as well? Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. I think regardless of what we think, if he does win a trophy, maybe he should be moved on. I think the reality is, as I mentioned, if we get top four, he won't be. So it's kind of, you know, unfortunately, it's kind of irrelevant um, because those are the minimum expectations, which he will have to go some way to, to, to fail to meet this season. So realistically, yeah, I see him. Um, I think you're staying regardless. And yeah, like again, I, I can't forgive back. I think for me, what I really want to see is us go and fill the gaps that we have in this squad. Go and get the top quality players in the positions that we need top quality players in. And then let's see what happens next season. Because really next season, if we if we get those players, even two of those players, let's say we get two of those players next year, we need to be challenging for the title. Like a proper actual go into the last weekend or go into the last like couple of games mm. win the Premier League title. Not like, you know, not a... Yeah, it was, done, it was done by end of Feb this season. It's exactly, scary. exactly, exactly. Like, like this season and like seventeen, eighteen as well. Like, we don't need. I don't mean that. I mean like a proper title challenge. Like, you get to April and it's heating up and everyone's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every You're game, game every, is important. every minute of every game is. You know, I missed it. I missed it. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked, but yeah, I think given the players that he needs, 
giving the players to fill the gaps that we have and then let's see next season. And if he doesn't deliver a title challenge next season, if we deliver him those players, then yeah, we need to we need to look again. Uh, but as far as this season's concerned, yeah, no, I think as long as we get top four, I, I don't I don't see us making any kind of change now. Mm, okay, got a lot a lot. It's interesting. A lot of the questions from the listeners uh, are about managerial changes. So clearly, the mood has changed in the camp. Um, to the I guess the last question I'll sort of finish on, and I'm going to merge two of our listeners' questions. One from Baller BD, and another one from MUCFC for the fans. Um, it's essentially given it's almost been about three sort of seasons. What style of play do we have, if any? And a follow on from that to consider is what sort of formation, bar the four two three one, would suit our players. So Aka, if you take the first question, and LD, if you take the second one. Sorry, I've just. What was the first one again? The first question is: given it's been about three seasons, what style of play do we currently have? So I think initially when he came in, it was counter attack. And it worked because people didn't give us respect. We had the, the 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 players and the personnel to play counter-attacking football. That's why you look at our big game record up until this season. It was solid because we would catch teams out and sucker punch them. I think where he struggled this year is teams have cottoned on, showed us a lot more respect, deep blocks, and that's been the age-old problem post Fergie. How do we how do we penetrate a deep block? And we, we struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I also think. The window was massive. Like for me, he needs to get. He needs to be back in the summer, and we look well set to back him in the summer. One because we finally got people in the right roles, so it seems recruitment wise, or we've got a better position recruitment wise. Secondly, he's got back to back Champions League, so the bag has been secured on that front. So we need to get personnel that allows him to maybe help us penetrate that deep block a bit better I do feel if you get if you get two three good players in the right signings in they can transform us as a team like Bruno transformed our output and that was one signing uh, I feel like a, a good centre midfielder allows the other midfielder to push up and for me we want to look at a team which plays 4-3-3 one DM and then two in front and then that's when you can unlock your Pogba's and your Van der Beek's and your Brunos, do you get me? And accommodate them all together. Mm. We need a pro- proper number nine for me. And then we need um, a good partner from Maguire that covers his flaws. Uh, of an Eric Bailly ilk, but maybe a bit more reliable. It seems like Bailly's going from what I've read today. So we yes. need, them three, yeah. we need them three positions plugged. And if we plug them three positions, I think it could see a change, hopefully bring a change, I'm hoping, a change of style in play. But yeah, Oli's been a bit confused since we got a lot more respect for our counter-attack and it's really been Bruno and Inshallah. That's it. There's a, that's, I guess it shows the managerial uh, deficiencies there of our manager. But LD, obviously, you're not, you're not the manager of Manchester United, but if you were, if you had the current crop of players, uh, you had to play a formation for the, and you had to, you'll set up the team for the next game. But you can't play four two three one. What are you going with, and why? I think, yeah, for me, I would go. I like four three three personally. I've always liked that formation, and I think the players we have it suits that formation mm. because it gets the most out of Pogba. It lets him dovetail nicely with Fernandez. Both of them can kind of share the defensive burden as well, and it kind of alleviates the pressure on just one over the other to do a lot of the pressing, a lot of the legwork, because 
like we saw at City with De Bruyne and Silva, um, if the players are willing to muck in and do the dirty work, it can work really well when you've got those kind of two creators in the middle of the pitch working in tandem. Mm. Then defenses can't focus on one of them, and that's probably, that's been the far that's one of the problem far too often this season. Where if you stop Bruno, you stop us playing. But yeah. all of a sudden, if you got Pogba there and you got Bruno there, you can't just you can't just kind of double up on one or focus your energy on one player. And also that will make make it much easier for Van der Beek to come into the team and replace one of them because it's a system that he's much more used to playing. I also think it's a system that suits the way he wants to play. Yeah. Having players around him for him to combine with triangles, yeah, exactly triangles to break the lines with the, those flicks as well uh, that he likes around the corner. So I think that's a formation that would suit a lot of my players. I also would like to potentially play more with like three at the back uh, because with our wingers like they're much better when they play inside, kind of as wide forward, like kind of as a you know forwards in that almost like diamond kind of style. So, like a Rashford, for example, plays well in the two, right? Um, or he plays well kind of that inside left role. Mason, you know, we see him, okay, we're trying to kind of see if he can play as a nine, but obviously when, like, end of last year, he was basically coming in off the right and playing, you know, quite close to Marshall and to Rashford. So, I think almost like having wing-backs could suit this team well. Obviously, yeah. we're going to do the that. The issue is... We would need to get a right wing-back, right? Basically, we need the right wing-back who could provide a lot more attacking threat down that side but you know the issue is with 3-5-2 LD like Oli used to like that formation but I think it was Chelsea last year in the cup semi-final they packed the midfield and they penned us in and we were completely clueless and then since then he's not really played the 3-5-2 so it's and then he played it against Leipzig I think and they did a similar thing as well they had players all over the middle like fluidity, and we didn't have, a, we had no idea what to do. So I hear, I hear you for the wing backs and the strike, but the issue with three five two is it horribly exposes that midfield, and that midfield is weak with the personnel that we put in there, and it yeah. gets horribly, horribly exposed. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. But again, like you said, we've got now we've got Bruno. It changes the dynamic a lot of for a lot of these players that we have. Um, it, the thing is, though, like makes it harder to are... stop us playing. Makes it harder to stop us if, if again you play Bruno and Pogba playing both in the middle. All of a sudden, it's yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that because the three five twos he's played, he's played McTominay and Fred or Matic. Well, so yeah. yeah, maybe with Pogba in, in the two in the middle, we we could be a bit better. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. If, and I mean that, that's a lot of the problem, isn't it? Is that he's playing the players he's choosing to play in these positions are you know inevitably no matter what formation you play, if you don't play any players, you can keep the ball and take the ball past the ball, break mm. the lights, keep the ball under pressure then you've got no chance, right, really. And to your point, Akko, like, you know, if you play a different type style of player in those roles, you can offer a different kind of threat. I hear you, I hear you. Hit opposition with different, you know, give them a different different issues to worry about, then I think the formation potentially work. But like I said, if we play that formation anyway, you know, we, then we're going to need a right wing back to, who can yeah. find a real threat down that side. Because whether it's Shaw or Tellers, I'm confident that one, you know, a lot of the time he's played Tellers as the wing back and played Shaw left into back. I think that works well because Shaw can get forward and, you know, the way as for the credit gets forward to Chelsea from right centre back. Goes through the middle. Mm. Exactly. I think Shaw, Shaw's got similar quality in that respect and can do, can offer that threat and that overload on the left side with Tellers. And then uh, I hear you, I hear you. Like, if you play right Fred, side, if you play Fred, it doesn't matter what formation you play. You're in the mud. Around. Completely <laughs> in the mud. I was gonna, I was gonna finish, I was gonna finish on that. But one last question, and it's just a simple 
to stay in position. So either of you, let's say, imagine it's the summer. Now we're looking to strengthen the team. Edward Wood's been a bit tight. He says, you, look, you can get a good player, a top quality player, but only one position. What position are you strengthening, Aka? Uh, defensive mids. DM, DM straight. Uh, what about ULD? Yeah, DM, DM. DM, that is it. So, DM, DM. People DM. come at me and say centre back, but I just no. feel a good DM frees up a spot in midfield because we're playing two there at the minute. You see, exactly. we're playing two players that are not really the most gifted technically. Whereas a good DM allows us to free up a Pogba or a Van der Beek to join the attack, and that's what we need. We're going to finish on that. Um, it's international break, man. So we haven't got any Manchester United fixtures to look forward to. But obviously, chill out. Go watch your your countries play. Hopefully, they do well. And yeah, man, we catch up the fourth of April. We go again against Brighton, man. But till then, people, take care. Peace. Peace. Rashford, he's in here. He scores. Marcus Rashford. Takes yet another step up the ladder. And it's a lad from Manchester who scored. Only chance in my team like Man U. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Thank you, man. Bars in my head like shampoo. Violate my squad, might bang you. Only chance in my team like man you. Yeah, like man you. Sports Social Podcast Network.